as we just saw in Ohio yesterday, <laughs> voting matters. And it's one of those things which is it's, it's encouraging to see. As a person who saw many election cycles where a third of the country sat out and did nothing, we are starting to see real strong voter turnout across the board. That's partially due to the, the, the Herculean efforts of many people who are out there encouraging voting in, in, in all the communities within the, the country. Jolene Jones is kind enough to join us from the Native American Community Development Institute. She is the coordinator for Make Voting a Tradition, MN, and she's kind enough to take some time with us today to talk about that program. Hi, Jolene. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for inviting me. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Well, when we, we get a little introduction, who exactly is Jolene Jones here? So, Uju Mishko Banishi Indishnikaz Mungdu Dame. That's my native name. My English name is Jolene Jones. I'm a resident of Little Earth. I also work for NACTI and their Make Voting a Tradition program, which is a year-long, culturally specific, multi-generational approach to increase civic engagement and voter turnout in the indigenous community. Let, let's talk about th- th- that because it, it, you know, one of the things which, and, I, and I'll say this in Minnesota for sure, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't have a, a democratic majority in all the in the trifecta here if not for really the, the, the voting that happened, uh, the Native American vote, which came out predominantly for uh, the Democrats. They, they came out very strong here. Talk a little bit about this. I mean, it, was, was voting really kind of something that was struggling on on within the native american community for many years i believe it was the reason it struggled was first of all we didn't have voting rights when everybody else did yeah so it wasn't until the mid-70s that all of our people could vote throughout the nation and with the government history and the indigenous population i think we've always felt like we shouldn't vote we we don't participate So to get us to participate, we started engaging our communities and telling them their voice mattered and that voting was important for them, for their families, for their future, for the future of the earth. And and when you when you approach them and as as you try to go into these group in in these communities and talk to groups that might not be voting in large in large numbers, what what has been the response to that been? I mean, have you gotten pushback or has it been kind of one of those things where it's okay now it is time? It's, it's been more of a, now it is time. You know, when, when we reach out, we go, we go to them. We meet them where they're at. We go to groups they participate in. We go to, we door knock our communities. Mm-hmm. We, we ask them why they don't vote. Is there a specific reason? We try to engage that region, reason. Sorry about that. Like if they had an issue voting, if they didn't know where their place, their polling place was, they didn't know how to register. You know, a lot of stuff is electronic now, and and a lot of people forget you can still do the paper registration. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we we meet their needs, we answer their questions, and we hope they vote, and we get them registered. Is, is Is it really, I mean, obviously there's there's a hinge point here. Is it the registration, or is it, you know, just getting them out to vote on Election Day? Where is, once you, is there, where where's the hurdle? Where is, once you get them past that point, it kind of, no problem. I think the original hurdle was the registration to vote. Okay. Because I don't think people were engaging them to vote until we started. You know, NACTI created MVAT, NACTI, the Native American Community Development Institute, created MVAT because they seen there was a reason why our people weren't voting and they they wanted to address it and part of the biggest part of that was registering voters 
And because we're such a mobile community, a lot of people have a hard time keeping track of registering us to vote. So it was easier for us to go out in our community and engage our people. The and let's also not you know mix words here too. There, there were a lot of people that didn't want the Native American vote to come oh, out strong, yes. strong. That we were working against it, and 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 I'm not going to say which party that is, but I mean I kind of no. It is interesting that as it, I've seen this change, I have seen Republican politicians who, particularly running in in areas where there is a strong Native American vote, who have changed and, and at least at least their their presentation to where they are now talking more about Native American issues and addressing them, which is a good thing. Like I said, if, if the, when the voting comes out, it changes the dynamic a lot, especially with politicians, how they, they what they're addressing and how they're trying to help the communities. Yes, and that's one thing we showed with our urban population. We showed them they were powerful in their yeah. vote. You know, I'll use for an example, Stanick. When Stanick was rerunning for, for sheriff, you know, the indigenous people held out against him and didn't vote for him because of what happened at Standing Rock with our sheriffs. We mm -hmm. felt like they should have never been sent there to confront the line people, the people who were trying to hold the line. And he didn't win. And I believe that was because of the native vote. I, I'm not going to disagree with that at all because, and that, and that was, and can I say this part, the vocalization by the native American community of that issue brought members of the non-native American community. It brought awareness to that. And I knew a lot of, a lot of you know, the white vote who were basically like, wait a second, that's, that's actually a good point. Why the heck are we there? And I mean, it, 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 it was, it, it ripples across. I mean, getting this information out, getting that strong vote, and then basically making sure people are aware of these issues, you know, it really does make a, a, make a big difference. And I, and I think, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think that Stanick, you know, you know, it, you know, he clearly did not get helped by the Native American vote going against him. No, he didn't. And, and by, by showing that their power can vote, it, it makes them want to register, want to vote. They want to express their voice because they realize they're powerful and too long they haven't been. They've been missed by other people registering voters. They like, oh, we're not going to register them. They're not going to vote. That's not true. We vote. We do vote. Mm -hmm. and, and, and even in other states, not Minnesota, the way that they've tried to go and stop the Native American vote by, you know, saying that tribal identification is not good enough and stuff like that. And I think that was Texas that tried that one, you know, yeah. and, and it just there it, 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 it is a palatable thing out there that they don't want the Native American vote out there. But we're, we're working on it here in Minnesota. And once again, Democrats, DFL. You know, yeah, you know, we have a, you know, there's a big reason you have a trifecta, and one of the main ones is the Native American vote for sure. On this, Jolene Jones is joining us right now, uh, the coordinator for Make Voting a Traditional MN. Uh, let's talk about. We've had we talk about the trifecta. We had a pretty spectacular first half of the year here, as far as laws getting passed in the state of Minnesota, and a lot involving voting. Talk about some of the new recent law changes here, and how that's that's impacting you. Well, what's really been exciting is the fact that felons can now vote. You know, like most BIPOC communities, the indigenous community has a high rate of our men being incarcerated. I mean, we make up a little over 2% of the population in the state of Minnesota, but we make up like 10% of the population, and I'm not 100% sure on that one, of the, of the males in prison. 
you know, so it was a way to also keep our voice from being heard. And now that the felons can vote, these these people can actually vote, and that's exciting. But I love that 16- and 17-year-olds can register. Yeah. That is the bomb. That is the best. Because to talk to them and engage them now, they love they love being engaged. They they care about the earth. They care about politics more than people realize. You know, when we're out there engaging, they're the ones who are asking the hard questions like, well, if I vote for this person, what does that mean? And what is that going to do for me? Exactly. Well, and, 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 and Jolene, if I can jump on that, because I think that's such an important point. I, I, I All 16 and 17 year olds. You create excitement for it, which you should. I mean, this is, you know, it's kind of one of those things. This is what we do. This is how you pick who's in charge. And you, by having 16 and 17-year-olds pre-registered, you create that path of excitement of, you know what? You don't have to do anything and just you just got to wait until you're 18, but start paying attention to the system. Start knowing where you're going to vote. I think you create that excitement, which increases the voter turnout. And, you know, you get people who are voting at 18, 19, 20 years old. They're going to vote for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and that's awesome when you get them that young. And also, I'm thinking of hopefully the schools are going to start offering more civic engagement, so they're so they're educating them on what the offices do. If not, we'll do that. Women's League of Voter has a great book for that too. But I'm just I'm so excited for these 16 and 17 year olds because they're going to be like, I can't wait to vote now. Well, exactly. And if you don't mind, I want to jump back to the the the, the felon you know, felons being able to vote again uh, on this because you bring up a very interesting point of, uh, point about voter suppression. There is a you know, and let's be honest, by design, a much larger percentage of Native Americans incarcerated than there are as part of the population. It is just that we, we're hopefully we can address this before too much longer. I you know hopefully we can. But that being said, is if you still have a, you know, as you said, and just and understand that your number, you might not be quoting the right number, but say it was 10%. Say it is 10%. Yeah. Well, that's just currently in prison. I've got to imagine that that becomes a much larger number than when you look at people who might have had a problem when they were 20, 25 years old, and they get older. This is, this probably, I, I can't imagine, this must have been a substantial impact the, the lack of being able to vote on in some of these communities where there has been an unjustified higher rate of incarceration for the smaller minority population than there should have been. Yes, and it, and it does directly affect this. You know, I've seen my elders go to vote in the last few years and their grandsons and sons take them. And, and even now, some of our young women, because it's like everything's a crime nowadays. Mm-hmm. And they take them to go vote. They don't get to vote, but they're participating by making sure their grandmas are getting there, their aunts are getting there. And now it's going to be exciting for them, whole families, because when we vote as Indigenous people, we usually bring our kids with, our mm-hmm. nephews with, our uncle with. We bring everybody, and it'll be nice for the whole family to be able to participate in voting now. I do the same thing. I When, when my kids got old enough to where they could understand what they were doing, you're coming with me. I want you to see what this is. And right. I have been happy to say that that works, by the way, for everyone out there, I don't, you know, no matter who you are. That works. You take your kids to show them what voting is. They're looking forward to voting at 18. And if they, like I said, if they start voting at 18, they're going to vote every election. And that's, that's a good thing. Um, we've, we've got 2023. Is it Duluth is up this year? The city leadership in Duluth. I think a few other towns. Yep. Duluth has city councils running Minneapolis. Definitely. Yeah. 
Uh, there's a special election in St. Paul for one, too, I believe. Yeah. So we got a few going on right now this year. They're mostly all city councils or city elections. Um, we still we take every election very serious. We still want our people to vote. We still door knock. We still want them to participate. We do forms so they can ask them questions. Like I remember two years ago, the main question that was asked at city council was, do you support legalizing marijuana? Was a question that was asked not only by our community, but by the younger people, the 19, 20 year old voters, and even some of the older voters were like, are you gonna legalize marijuana? And that became a big issue. And I could say that them, they feel good about it. A lot of them consider it municipal. Well, and I will tell you right now, I, I'm bless all the native tribes that are selling marijuana right now. I hope you guys make a mint. I hope you guys make a mint on this because it's overdue. And once again, I, I think it's it's whether it's line three, whether it's legalizing marijuana. Can I just make the point to everyone out there? If we listened to the Native American population a lot sooner, we wouldn't have nine, most of the problems that we have, and especially with the environmental issues uh, that we have. So, you know, I, I think that's such an important part. When you're looking at city council can candidates, Duluth, Minneapolis, you, you, when you're looking at them, you, you know, if you can go in there and say, this whole you know population is going to vote. So we want to hear what you're, what, how you're going to address our issues and not just give lip service anymore. I think that that is also such an important thing to have a diverse and a, a, you know, political representation that actually represents the community. I agree. One of the things that Little Earth residents, because they have a couple groups over here, and one of the things they've started to say to politicians that come, you know, want to door knock and want their vote, what they have started saying to them is, we don't mind being told, no, if you can't do something, don't lie to us because we'll never vote for you again. You know, and I like that approach. It's all honesty. Tell us if you can't do something, we're big people. We can take it. That doesn't mean we won't vote for you. You know, mm -hmm. honesty is the best policy and politicians have a hard time with that. I'm just the majority <laughs> of them do. <laughs> but right now, that's the Lord Earth elders and a couple of our groups here. That's what they're telling people who are coming for their votes is, you know, we just want honesty. If you can't do something, you need to tell us. I can't do it maybe in a couple of years, but not right now. Mm -hmm. We'll see how that works. Well, and we should also should mention, and we're mentioning 2023, which is off your elections here, 2024. I imagine that's a huge ramp up as well, because once again, we got a Senate seat out there. Uh, we got a presidential race out there, but we also have all the Minnesota House seats out there and Republicans are going to be out there pushing this real, I mean, I've seen their messaging. It's I mean, this obnoxious tone that, you know, it's it's chaos, it's horrible, it's the thing. And the reality is, is that, you know, we need to have people in, in an informed population that's making the right choices. And the reality is, is, you know, getting out there and getting people ready to vote and looking forward to that, that's going to stop a lot of the, the, the fear mongering that is out there, particularly against certain minority groups, from mm -hmm. taking hold and being a deciding factor. Yes, I agree with you. And I and I do think 2024 election is going to be a big issue again. And getting our people registered and making sure they're voting, that's why we're trying this year to register so many of our voters. And we're not only doing it in Minneapolis, we're doing it up north on our reservations, in the Bermidji area, in the Duluth area. 
because we want to get them registered now so they can be ready for next year's elections. If they're count, if they're not having elections this year, they'll be prepared for next year. And we will we will hit the ground running right after the November elections for city council mm-hmm. because we want our people to be educated and know what they're what they need to do and to be able to vote and express their voice. When one of the things I want to just ask you is, I mean, are you taking donations? If people would like to help out with your organization and help make sure that the vote gets counted this year, next year, is there a way that people can help out and make a donation? Yes, they can go to nacdi.org page and they can donate there. Mm-hmm. It's NACD and, and that is on there, like I said earlier, and that was created by the Native American Development Institute, Community mm-hmm. Development Institute, because they've seen the need for indigenous people to vote. And we're year round because they've seen that need too, that our people wanted to be engaged in no stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, go ahead, Jolene. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm okay. Well, just uh, we're at the end of the interview here. And I want to reiterate that, I mean, voters, if you only listen to the leaders of the Native American tribes, we wouldn't have a fourth aquifer bust in on line three. Uh, we would have had legalized marijuana a long time ago, and I think we would be a much better state. So now that the vote is coming on out, pay attention to what the Native American issues are, because those issues pretty much are for all of us. So get, get out there and vote on that. And if you'd like to make sure we help out uh, the Native American Community Development Institute to make sure that voting happens through all the uh, Native American communities in the state, I'll get the, it's, uh, it's NACDI.org. Make a donation there and help out Jolene. Jolene, thank you very much. I really appreciate the time today and all my best. You're doing great work over there. Thank you, Giga Wabaman. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. 952-946-6205. We got to get a break in before we wrap the show. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.